ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه وما خلقت الجن والانس الا ليعبدون الله سبحانه وتعالى said in his quran that i have not created the jinn or man except that they worship me this is the main reason for our existence on this earth to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah alone however we know that there are different levels of worshippers some worshippers will be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the akhirah than others and some worshippers will do more good deeds than others and some worshippers will perfect their deeds more than others and some worshippers will continue to have deeds written for them even after they have passed away and even after they have been buried and some of them their deeds will continue for thousands and thousands of years for as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills until the hour has been established and this is the point of discussion today that how do we become from these people whose deeds will continue to increase even after they have been buried beneath the earth how can we be from those people who will continue to become closer to allah after they have passed away and how can we be from those people whose rank in jannah continues to increase even though they are no longer living on this earth allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about these people in the quran he says jalla wa ala wasabiquna as-sabiqun ulaika al-muqarrabun في جنات النعيم ثلة من الأولين وقليل من الآخرين الله جل وعلا says والسابقون السابقون those at the forefront those who are going to be at the forefront أولئك المقربون they are going to be the ones closest to Allah سبحانه وتعالى في جنات النعيم in the gardens which have been blessed with the bounties from Allah سبحانه وتعالى then he said جل وعلا ثلة من الأولين from these people who will be at the forefront, many of them will be from the earlier generations. 
and a few of them will be from the later generations. Many of them will be from the earlier generations, from the time of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, and from the early generations of Islam, like the Prophet ﷺ said, That the best of people are my people, than those who came after them, than those who came after them. So Allah Jalla wa Ala said, "Thullatum min al-awwalin wa qalilum min al-akhirin." That many of the ones that at the forefront, they will be from the early generations of the Muslims, but there will still be some from the forefront, from the later generations of the Muslims, but they will be few in number. He also said to the believers, Subhanahu wa Taala, "Fastabiq al-khayrat," that compete with each other in performing good deeds, hasten in performing good deeds. And he said, Subhanahu wa Taala, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ وَإِلَى رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ That when you have completed one deed or one action, immediately go and perform another action. When you have completed something, don't wait, don't take a rest. As Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal said, رحمه الله تعالى, this life is not the life to rest in. This life is a journey that takes you to the hereafter. And the one who is traveling is tired. The one who is traveling is exhausted. The one who is traveling sacrifices in his, from his sleep and from his livelihood and from the luxuries of this life. So this life is not the life of rest. His companions, they asked him, Oh Imam Ahmed, so when do we rest? He said, you rest when you enter your grave. This is when you rest. Because Allah Jalla wa Ala said, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ That when you complete one action, one good deed, begin the next. And seek your Lord. Seek your Lord with your intentions. Seek your Lord with your actions. Seek your Lord with everything that you do because these are the people that will be successful. So how do we become from those at the forefront? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we find in the hadith of Aisha radiyallahu anha. أَوَّلُ مَا بُدِئَ بِهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam مِنَ الْوَحِي the first thing that came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with regards to revelation, that he used to see righteous dreams, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He would never see a dream except it became true like the dawn. Except it became true like the daylight, it would come every day. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for six months before he received revelation from Allah Jalla wa Ala, he saw righteous dreams. And every dream he would see would become true. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thumma al And then he loved to go into seclusion. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was the first step of him becoming a prophet of Allah. That he would love to go into seclusion. فَكَانَ يَخْلُو بِغَارِ حِرَاء the Prophet would like to go into the cave of Hira and he would take provisions with him and he would spend a long period of time there as we find later in the narration he would take provisions from the house of Khadija and he would sit in this cave for an entire month worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when his provisions will come to an end. He will go back to the house of Khadija radiallahu anha and he will take more provisions with him and he would worship Allah Jalla wa Ala again for an entire month. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What was he doing in this period? What was he doing and what did he become? 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was reflecting. He was doing muhasabatun nafs. He was holding himself to account. He was thinking about Allah and worshipping Allah. He was distancing himself, himself from the distractions of this world just so he can ponder and just so he can reflect. Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibra'il alayhi salam to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we all know the famous narration of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of what happened when Jibreel came to him and he received the revelation and then he went back to Khadija radiallahu anha. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to go into seclusion. And he used to spend many hours of the night by himself in salah, in contemplation, in thinking about the reality of this world and the hereafter, in thinking about how to convey this message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. Because this is a heavy responsibility. It's not something light on his shoulders, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imagine Allah jalla wa ala giving Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the message of al-Islam. That is to guide all of mankind and all of jinnkind. And this will be a complete religion, not for one year or two years, but until the hour is established. A religion that is complete, that will deal with every matter and all of our affairs. A religion that is complete, that shows us goodness and what we need for salvation in this life and the next until the hour is established for every society and every time and every people. So he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took this responsibility from Allah jalla wa ala and he contemplated and he reflected and he spoke to those from his companions beginning with Khadija radiallahu anha and then those after them from Abu, like Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali and Ibn Mas'ud and Jabir and Abu Huraira and his companions that he had sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him in the space of 23 years to convey the entire message that this world would need until Yawm Al-Qiyamah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to such an extent that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he performed Hajj with the largest number of companions that he was ever around, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a hundred thousand companions were with him at hajj. He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, oh Allah, bear witness that I have conveyed the message. And he said, oh Allah, bear witness that they are testifying. And Jibreel is testifying that I have conveyed the message. Subhanallah, being able to say to Allah that you have fulfilled the task. And you have completed the task and the duty that was upon you. And his legacy, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will continue until yawm al-qiyamah. No one would perform a good deed except Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will be rewarded for it. Because he is the one who taught us how to perform it. No one would recite Qur'an except he would receive the reward for it. No one would pray salah or give zakah or fast or perform hajj except he would receive the reward for it. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If it wasn't for Allah and then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we would not know how to worship Allah. We would not know how to become close to Allah. We would not know how to enter Jannah. We would not know how to save ourselves from the fire of Jahannam. So everything we do, he is rewarded for it sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the legacy he made for himself by the permission of Allah. And this is how he will be at the forefront of all of mankind. 
the door of Jannah would not open for anyone other than him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And when he comes, it will open and then the believers will rush into Jannah by the permission of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And how did his legacy begin? It began with seclusion. It began through reflection and pondering. Spending time away from the distractions. Spending time away from mankind. Thinking and asking himself, how am I going to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And how am I going to fulfill the task, the responsibility, the reason I was created? How am I going to be at the forefront? Those who will enter Jannah before the rest of the believers and the followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we as believers, when we see this lifestyle, this seerah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this should inspire all of us. Do we want to be from those people who will not be at the forefront of entering Jannah? But rather we may be from the end of, of the last of the people of entering Jannah. Or maybe we would even have to be punished before going to Jannah. Do we, we, do we want to be from this category of people? Or do we want to be from those who are at the forefront? Who could see Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam entering? Who would be from his neighbors in Jannah? Neighbors of the greatest of the companions and the prophets of Allah. Do we want to be from these types of people? Because this life that Allah Jalla wa'ala has given us is our only chance. It is our only chance. After his permission and after his mercy, are we going to be from the, those at the forefront? Are we going to be from the sabiqoon that Allah Jalla wa'ala mentioned in the Quran? How do we come about being from these people? The first thing we need to do is to reflect and to ask ourselves, what do I need to do to achieve this status? And what am I going to sacrifice from my life to be able to achieve it? Realistically, what can I do? What can I get involved in? What can I do to build my hereafter? And what we should all do, every single one of us, is to make as many intentions as we can to perform good deeds. Because this is the beginning. This is the beginning of all doors opening for us. And this is the beginning of receiving the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah jalla wa'ala said, so he's quoting from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith which is in the sahih. إِذَا أَرَادَ عَبْدِي أَنْ يَعْمَلَ سَيِّئَةً if my slave wants to do a sin, Allah is telling the angels, do not write it down. If my slave intends to do a sin, do not write it down until he actually commits the sin. And if he performs the sin, he commits the sin, then write down the sin as he committed it. So if a slave intends to do a sin, is he sinful for it? No. But if he commits the sin, is he sinful for it? Yes. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, وَإِن تَرَكَهَا مِنْ أَجْلِي فَاكْتُبُوهَا لَهُ حَسَنًا But if he leaves this sin for my sake, then write it down as a good deed. So intending to do a sin and then leaving it only because you fear Allah, you are rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you never committed the sin. Then he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَإِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَعْمَلَ حَسَنًا 
and if my slave he intends he wants to do a good deed falam ya'malha but he did not perform this good deed faktubuha lahu hasana then write down a good deed for him if you just intended it but you were unable to carry it out allah jalla wa'ala said to the angels write it down as a good deed and then he said subhanahu wa ta'ala fa in amilaha and if he performed it then write it down, multiplied by 10 times until, until 700 times. So if the slave intends to do a good deed and he is unable to do this good deed, what happens to him? He receives a good reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just by intending it. So why should we not intend good deeds? The first way to make our legacy to pave our legacy is by making intentions to perform good deeds. Make an intention to Allah Jalla wa'ala, a sincere intention. That, oh Allah, I'm going to stand up every night to pray Qiyamul Layl. Make this intention, I'm going to fast as much as I can. I'm going to give charity from my wealth. I'm going to sit down and memorize the Quran. I'm going to build orphanages and hospitals and wells and masajid. By the permission of Allah, I'm going to be able to change the lives of millions of Muslims. Make this intention and try and do it. Because if you make the intention, you receive the reward. Then if you carry this out, your reward will begin from 10 times the reward for the intention. Up to 700 times, depending on how sincere you are and how, how much you have perfected your action. And in another narration, the Prophet says, And after seven times, hundred times, Allah will continue to multiply it as much as He wants. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do we begin our legacy? By pondering and reflecting. And then by intending. And making firm intentions. Intentions that we believe we can actually carry out. And that we really want to carry out. And then we do whatever we can to carry out these intentions. We find in the hadith in the Sahih of Imam Muslim on the authority of Abi Huraira, uh, Abi, uh, Abi Huraira anhu wa arda, that the Prophet wasallam, said, insan, If a human being passes away, in illa min all of his good deeds, they come to an end. They come to an end. You can no longer pray salah. You can no longer give zakah. You can no longer fast. You can no longer enjoy in the good and forbid the evil. All of his good deeds, they come to an end, except for three things, he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we hear something like this, we begin to pay attention. When I pass away, all of my deeds will come to an end, except for three deeds. What are these three deeds? Illa min sadaqatin jariyah, except for an ongoing, continuous charity. Aw ilmin yuntafa'u bihi, or knowledge which is benefited from. Or a pious child that makes dua for him. The first he mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, an ongoing charity. You built a well and you pass away. And Muslims, they benefit from this well for five years or ten years or twenty years. While you are in your grave, everyone who drinks from that water, you are rewarded for it. Maybe the reward of saving a life. And Allah says, وَمَنْ أَحْيَاهَا فَكَأَنَّمَا أَحْيَا النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا Whoever slave saves one life, it is like he has saved all of mankind. And you are in your grave. Someone performs wudu, 
with this water, when he performs wudu, or when he washes his face, all of the sins that he committed with his eyes and his mouth, they fall off with the last trickle and drops of water. All of the sins that he commits with his hands, they fall off after he washes his hands. All of the sins that he walked towards, they fall off with his feet when he washes his feet. And this will happen to you as well because you provided him with this water. The salah that he prays, you will also receive the reward of it. The Quran that he recites, you will also receive the reward of it. All of the good deeds he did because of that water that he performed wudu with, you will receive the reward for it and you are in your grave. And you are in your grave. This is sadaqatun jariyah, an ongoing charity. You build a masjid and Muslims, they come and they pray in that masjid. They learn in that masjid. They study in that masjid. One person who is a terrible person, an evil sinner, he comes to the masjid and he repents to Allah and he becomes one of the greatest worshippers of Allah. You will receive the reward for it. You build an orphanage or you help in the building and the construction of an orphanage or an hospital. Everyone who benefits from this, you will be rewarded for it. So do not belittle these actions. It doesn't mean you have to build the entire hospital or the entire orphanage. Try and get together or try and help and participate and you will receive the reward for it. This is your legacy. This is what you are building in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our ilmun yuntafa'u bihi as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, knowledge that is benefited from. Teach someone Surah Al-Fatiha. Teach someone how to recite Quran. And every time he recites the Salah and prays the Salah and recites Fatiha, you are rewarded. Then he may teach someone else. You may teach someone Quran. And he grows up to be an Imam or a teacher. And he teaches hundreds of students or thousands of students. That one person that taught him how to recite Quran, he will receive the reward of all of this. And generations and generations after this can benefit from this knowledge that you have passed. And you will receive the reward while you are in your grave. And a pious child or any child that makes dua for you, Allah Jalla wa ala will reward you for it. Because these are your offspring. These are the ones that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has continued your goodness through on this earth. And this is how a Muslim, he builds his legacy. And he forms his legacy. Imagine being in your grave, subhanallah. And all of a sudden, a new breeze comes to you from Jannah. And a new light opens for you from Jannah. And you taste something new in Jannah. Where has this come from? This was because of knowledge that you taught someone. Or sadaqah that you gave that was ongoing. And your status will continue to increase in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'ilil muslimin. Fastaghfiru innahu huwa al-ghafur al-rahim. الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد. so Allah سبحانه وتعالى said in the Quran فإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فرغب. when you complete one action begin another and seek your Lord سبحانه وتعالى. brothers and sisters we look at the history of Islam. look at some of the companions of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. The likes of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, who compiled the Quran into one book. Because the Quran, it was in the hearts of the man, of the Sahaba, the men and women from the Sahaba. But after many of the reciters were killed in jihad, 
he feared that maybe the Quran will be forgotten. So he compiled the Quran into one kitab by getting all of the memorizers of Quran, gathering them together, and he put strict conditions. So nothing is incorrect from the Quran and he gathered it into one kitab. So whoever recites from the Quran, who would receive the reward for it? Abu Bakr radiallahu Abu Bakr radiallahu an for everyone's recitation of Quran because he is the one who compiled it into the kitab. He took the initiative. Umar radiallahu an disagreed with him. How can we do this? He said. He said, no, there is goodness in this, O Umar. And they made it into a Quran, into one book. We find Abu Huraira radiallahu an no sahabi on this earth narrated more narrations than Abu Huraira from the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So all of these narrations that we benefit from, that we learn from, even subhanAllah, like the hadith that we have taken. If the human being passes away, all of his actions come to an end except for three. Who told us this hadith? Abu Huraira said, I heard this from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we remember Abu Huraira and everyone that implements these narrations that Abu Huraira memorized from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who would get the reward for this? Abu Huraira will receive the reward. We will also receive the reward as we find in the hadith of the Prophet The one who leads to goodness, he will receive the same reward as the one who has done good and no reward will be decreased from any of them. This is the mercy of Allah Jalla wa'ala. Look at the Imams of Al-Islam. Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Malik and Imam Al-Shafi'i and Imam Ahmed. How millions and millions of Muslims have benefited from their works and their efforts. All of this will be on their scales in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim and Imam Abu Dawood and al-Tirmidhi and al-Nasai and Ibn Majah. Those who collected the six books of hadith that the vast majority of the narrations they revolve around. Imagine the reward they will have in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are remembering them 1200 years after they have passed away. We remember Imam al-Bukhari and we say Imam al-Bukhari may Allah have mercy on him. And how many people make dua for him? And they benefit from his works. This is his legacy, rahimahullah ta'ala. He had a vision, he had an aim. That he wanted to defend the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he wanted to remove all of the fabricated narrations that were attributed to him. So he had, and he would travel for months. Just to find a hadith. Or just to verify a narration. And before every narration... He prayed two raka'at to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as istikhara to ask Allah, should I write this hadith in the kitab or not? Before every narration, and there are more than 7,000 narrations in his kitab. And this is how he compiled his sahih, his sahih al-Bukhari. And we remember him until today. وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ فِي جَنَّاتِ النَّعِيمِ ثُلَّةٌ مِّنَ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَقَلِيلٌ مِّنَ الْآخِرِينَ Those who are at the forefront. Those who are close to Allah, those who are in the Jannat of Allah Jalla wa'ala, many of them were from the early generations. And there are few from the later generations. Have we asked ourselves, what are we going to leave behind after we pass away? Is our reward going to come to an end the moment we pass away? Or is it going to continue for, for hundreds of years? if not thousands, and only Allah Jalla wa'ala knows when the hour will be established. Did Imam Bukhari ever think that 1200 years after I have passed away, 
I will be receiving the reward of most of the acts of worship of man, of the believers, because of his Sahih al-Bukhari. Did Imam Muslim think this? Did the Imams of this religion think this? Did the Sahaba think this? Did Abu Huraira think that the vast majority of the good deeds and the acts that people will perform will come from what I narrate? 1400 years after he died and people are still worshipping Allah through the narrations of Abu Hurairah. Did he ever think this was possible? So what are we going to leave behind brothers and sisters? Are we going to get ourselves involved in projects that we can change the ummah? Even if we change the lives of a few individuals, these few individuals could become great leaders and visionaries for this ummah that could change the ummah and because we help them with our wealth with our sadaqah, with our efforts, our good deeds continued in our graves. What is the legacy we are going to leave behind? And how close are we going to be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How high are we going to be in the jannat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How close are we going to be to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Have we followed his footsteps? When Allah jalla wa ala said to him, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ that when you complete one good deed, begin another? Or are we from those who are satisfied just to be at the lowest part of Jannah? And we don't want any more than this. Just, have a few, just fulfill our obligations. And that's it. No, we want to be at the forefront, brothers and sisters. So go into seclusion. Think about what you can do. Have time to yourself where you can reflect. And plan your life ahead. If I was to live for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, what do I want to achieve? Plan ahead. Make these intentions, firm intentions, that you are going to try and achieve this. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help and try and achieve that which you have intended. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places barakah in your life, blessings in your life, and He gives you tawfiq, His divine inspiration subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will be able to achieve something great. And inshallah ta'ala, hundreds of years, people will be benefiting from what we have left behind. So our station will continue to increase in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I pray to Allah jalla wa ala that he makes us from the sabiqun, that he makes us from those who will be at the forefront of entering Jannah. Allah, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows us to busy ourselves with ibadah and good deeds in this life, that which is going to be the most productive for us in this dunya and the akhirah. I make dua to Allah jalla wa ala that he makes us all beloved slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we will be at the forefront and from the companions of Muhammad sallallahu and from his neighbors in the highest Jannah. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar Rabbana la tuzi qulubana ba'da idh hadaytana wa hablana min ladunka rahma إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين اللهم انصر إخواننا المستضعفين في فلسطين وفي السودان وفي باكستان وفي بلاد المسلمين يا رب العالمين اللهم وحد صفوفهم واجمع كلمتهم وانصرهم على أعدائهم يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين أقم الصلاة